Well, that was fun. The entire net just crashed. I'm sorry, everything just hiccuped over here. Uh, it's on my side, folks, not yours. Don't worry, it's not your fault. It is mine. So I guess the show is going to have a bit of a glitch when we record this thing, but if you're listening live, you should be able to hear me now. Uh, my apologies, ladies and gentlemen. All the power just flickered off in the entire house. Actually, it's not just here, but I'm looking, and it's all up and down the block. Actually, I'm looking across the street now, and all the lights that were on outside in these different houses are now out. So it looks like we have some kind of power surge, and it looks like from uh, across the street and down, everybody's out of power. But hey, I'm still here. Lucky you. Um, I, I don't really understand what the problem is here, folks, but again, it is on my end, so needn't you worry. At any rate, as I was saying, this is the Emperor's Court. I know we're going to repeat that everything, mainly it's for those of you who are just tuning in now. You should be able to hear me now. I'd like to let me know if you can't. Then again, you how would you know unless you were talking to me. At any rate, here's what's been going on in the world of Warcraft. Now, we had said last week that we were going to look at the 1.12 patch, which is coming up, which is on the public test realm now. It's the PvP patch, all right? Now, supposedly, this is going to be their uh, answer to all the player uh, versus player stuff that's going on. All the problems to complain that world PvP isn't what it's supposed to be, isn't where it's supposed to be, that this is supposed to address the issues that that's you know the PvP crowd has had that it's been ignored that it hasn't been taken care of that they've been focusing mainly on the rating part. Well, you know what Blizzard has they've pretty much ignored the player versus player aspect and you know what I don't think that they could make any bones about it. Uh, yeah, I know their community managers will hem and the hoss. So, well, well, that's not true. We're well, uh, we're not ignoring it. We just have other priorities. That means you're ignoring it. If you have other priorities, if the only thing you can do for the honor system or for the player versus player, is you release the honor system six months after the game is the game has been out. All right, that's for, that's number one. When it's supposed to ship with the game, it's not even out. Then you don't even put battlegrounds in for yet another what three or four months. And of course, the player versus player system isn't a system at all. It's it's a ladder. It's a ladder that rewards time, not effort, not skill, time. So we will go into this patch now. What we were going to do is just focus on the on the 1.12 patch, and of course, we were going to get to uh, some of the other topics that we had last week. Also, we didn't get a chance to get to, which was what you gamers wanted to see in future games, what you wanted the industry to do. Unfortunately, because of what has happened this week, that is going to be put off to the side. We will get to it next Sunday, if able. And here is the uh, uh, big shit thing that's been going on, if you have not been made aware. And I know some people are just still finding out I don't know why, but Blizzard's kind of the cap trying to keep this on the DL. They released a statement through GameSpy, or I'm sorry, GameSpot earlier this week, and it was picked up by some readers, and of course made its way to the forums, and it's been trying, it's been uh, dispersing f since then. From there, here's the issue: if you have not heard, when the expansion comes out, Blood Elves will be able to be Paladins, that's the Horde, and the Draenei, Draenei, will be able to be Shaman. That's the alliance. So the faction exclusive classes have been done away with. Horde will now have paladins. Alliance will now have shamans. There you go. That's it. Now they're gonna they're gonna sugarcoat it. They said, well, we're gonna call it like the Blood Knight, but it's a paladin. We'll just call it differently for like quests and stuff like that. Okay. I'm not sure where to get to this one first. So let's do let's do the first topic for tonight. It's, it's an all-World of Warcraft shit tonight, folks. 
know that now. And I know a good portion of my audience doesn't necessarily like, wow, well, yeah, that's what it is tonight. And I'm sorry, that's the biggest topic going right now. We're going to talk about what people are talking about, and that's it. That has dominated conversation in Guild Chat, in messages I've gotten, in emails. That's how I found out about it. Was, um, I found it, somebody fired me off an email, said, M, you know, you might want to get this for your show this coming Sunday. So here we go. All right, let's do 1.12 first, because, damn, this has, this, I got to say some stuff about this. All right. I'm glad, and I'll give props to Blizzard for taking that step forward, for saying we know that there's deficiencies in the player's player system. We know that it's a system that rewards time, not effort, not skill, which is the exact opposite of what they said all along. They've pretty much all but thrown the towel regarding that charade. We realized that Battlegrounds took away from all the world PvP that was supposed to be out there. Understand this before I go any further. Blizzard does not want world player versus player. They don't want you outside screwing with lobbies, raiding towns, raiding cities, being a general ass. That's not the game they envisioned. It's as simple as that. They're forced to deal with it because so many of us play that style. I mean, how many times do you go on the forums, or do you read letters to the, to the game, or to the to the players, or I'm sorry, to the uh, developers, or do you see people whining in chat just in the game itself, of lobbies that are being ganked by you know high bees like level 60s and what have you, the fact that nobody can go into Terran Mill because it's being overrun by the Alliance on every friggin' server. Look, you decided to roll on a player versus player server. It's as simple as that. What the hell did you expect to happen? Did you think we were all going to wait till you got to 60 and then meet up in the battlegrounds? That's called a normal server. You can go there if you like. You can transfer to most of them now. PVE. That way, you can level up, get your gear, not be pestered, not be molested. Play your little easy mode and then go fight in the battlegrounds. This is a world at war. At least that's what we were all led to believe. That's what the lore was supposed to take us to. That's what the last three games were all about, and their expansions. That's not the case. In 1.12, here are the three main things that they're going to be adding to the game. One, which I am all for, is cross-realm battlegrounds. So, I believe it's been broken up into groups of 12 servers. We'll compete normal, which I have... Now, this is where I have the problem with. Normal and RP and PvP servers will be mixed together. And I'll throw it together, and then it'll be a random draw based on... I think it's based on your gear that you're wearing at the time. And that is what you'll do when you go to compete. You'll be able to uh, compete against other people of the same uh, stats. Alright, two glaring problems with this. One, the entire point of keeping the PvP and PvE separated is because you have the easy mode fags who have been playing on the nothing but the normal servers have Tier 2, Tier 3 gear... They don't have to fight anybody if they don't want to. And all of a sudden, they hop into a battleground and they're gonna they're just going to rape somebody. But if they're putting in that thing where it's all based on the gear you're wearing. Right, and how hard is it for me to walk into a battleground, sign up naked, get the lowest ranked amount of points, get into a battleground, and then as soon as I enter the game, put on my Tier 3 gear. Well, guess what? Now the moron with the Tier 0 gear is about to get raped hard. I mean, think about it. There's no provision for that. You're going to tell me this isn't going to be abused? 
you're going to be in Agamar and you're going to are okay, more importantly, you're going to be in Ironforge and you're going to see a group of 15 naked night elves being signed up for Arathi Basin. You know, there's 40 naked gnomes, humans, dwarves, and night elves getting ready to go in for Ultrac Valley. 30 seconds into the match, they're running around with the hands of Ragnaros, you know, Sword of the Wind Fury, where the fuck that thing is. You know, that glowing sword that's, you know, bigger than the character. I'm glad that they're attempting to do something, but there are some serious issues that need to be worked out with this. All right, here's the here's the thing that really pisses me off. I like cross-realm backgrounds. I think it should be pitted against like-minded servers, but I do like the idea because it's it's trying to address the, the faction imbalances that there are in most servers, meaning there are far, far, far more alliance than there are horde. That being the case. How many of you know who Frank Herbert is? Or I'll make it simple for those of you who are not that old. Brian Herbert or Kevin J. Anderson. How many of you have ever heard of the book series Dune? If you have and you've read that book, congratulations. You have experienced 1.12 world PvP in World of Warcraft. You got it. In the sands of Silithus, among the sandworms, you will have to go forth and get this. For world PvP, you have to go out and collect red-colored sand. Let me pause a little more so that sinks in. You have to go out among the sandworms and get red-colored sand, collect it, run it back to your appointed base, and turn it in. That's rural PvP, baby. Hell yeah. Nothing like ripping off a 1960s science fiction classic. I'm glad my character is named Harkonnen. The spice must flow. You better believe I'm going to be the most popular person in Tilithus on the one time I go there to try it out. I'm serious. This is their answer to world PvP. This is what they're going to do to get you out of the battlegrounds and out into the real world to fight it out with the opposing faction. Because we're all going to be running around collecting spice with our eyes turning blue, looking for worm signs so we don't get eaten. Look, I'll tell you what. If they give us ornithopters so we can fly around on those things, and if they let me ride worms... I am there. I will live there anytime I'm playing the game. If I can ride a sandworm and eat people, hell yes, I am there. But if all that is there for me to go and actually participate in this godforsaken event is to collect red-colored sand, spice, I'm not going to do it. Well, right now you're sitting there scratching your head saying, well, what the hell is the benefit of collecting sand? Well, there isn't one, as it turns out. Well, no, there is. If you collect enough sand and turn it in. You give everybody going into uh, Anchorage, AQ20 and AQ40, a 15-minute buff. Yeah! Yeah! I don't have any of my soundboard working at the moment, so I had to do my own clapping, but that's it. You get a 15-minute buff. That, it, And it's mainly going to be for the Raiders, because it's going to make them powerful, 
in whatever. Now, Blitz was saying, well, it's not long enough to make uh, an encounter that much easier. Really? So let's say we get to Cthulhuan, or whatever the fuck his name is in Anchorage. I'm some, you know, Uber raiding guild. I then send everybody outside, or I wait, you know, if the action's hot and heavy outside. We run out, turn in all the sand, then run back in, get our 15-minute buff, and if we're already there, guess what? We can go ahead and kill Cthulhu. We got a 15-minute buff to help you. Don't tell me that's not going to help the raiders. What the hell does it do for PvP? Nothing. Because the Horde and the Alliance Raiding Guilds, which are the only ones who are going to benefit from, from this, aren't going to be fighting each other, folks. They're there to get the buff, not to kick each other's ass. That's the point. That's my point. Look, you want to give us a reason to go somewhere? I, you know what? Make that. I, I agree with Tiroth, who said this. And you know what Mechahawk said before him, and I've said before, you know that giant friggin' broken tower in Terran Mill? Over in uh, Hillsbrad? Make it capturable. Give us 100 points to capture the thing. That's it. Make a city in the middle. If you want, fine, make Silhouse. Make it a city. A small one. Make two cities. Make them capturable and holdable. Ah, uh, but we can't do that. Now, see, here's why. And I know a lot of you are saying, see, you're saying the exact same thing. Look, you have to understand this. There's a population imbalance on most servers. One way or another, 90% of them are in favor of the Alliance. Badly. That's the whole point of the cross-realm battlegrounds. It's because a lot of servers don't have enough horde that want to participate, get their heads kicked in, and play in the first place. Now, I feel bad, to a degree... Because it just seems like every time Blizzard comes out with a new idea, I end up bashing it. Well, you know what? They haven't come out with an idea that's been any re that's been revolutionary or made any sense. Or even been, quote-unquote, good. If you want us to participate in World PvP, and trust me, folks, we want to. We've been screaming for this for over a year. This is what we want to do. Take away, And they're not going to take away the designer kills. You know what, that's another thing. If somebody asked them, and they asked them point blank, and enough people have asked them, and I forget, I think it was Ionix and the community manager, and they responded that the reason they won't make them unkillable, like people keep saying, is, oh, we shouldn't have to. We shouldn't have to make, you know, the drink vendor unkillable. You should know enough not to kill it. It's it's not going to further your goals to kill an NPC. <sighs> Listen... Dickwad. It has nothing to do with what you should or shouldn't do. It's one, the internet, and two, war. Somebody go over to the Israelis and tell them not to blow up the drink vendor in Lebanon, because that really doesn't have anything to do with the friggin' fighting of a Hezbollah. How do I know that drink vendor isn't a terrorist? <laughs> it could be a paladin on every other night. No, that is the epitome of laziness to me. It's, oh, well, we shouldn't have to. Yeah, I'm sure it's real difficult to change the coding so that the little dwarf who gives me my level 3 quest can't be touched. Wow, that's hard. You know what? If you took away the the designer kills, that right there would revitalize world PvP to a great degree. Just give us something to fight for. Give us a reason. Oh, and okay, so if you kill one of the Alliance, one of the Horde, and they happen to have sand on them, you can take the sand that they had off of them, loot it for yourself. What a fantastic idea. Sand. Spice. 
will change the game. Oh, isn't that cute? My daughter just came in and said goodnight. She just had surgery uh, yesterday, actually, so she's feeling kind of ucky. So, she did real well, though. But that's all I'm asking for. That's all anybody ever asked for. We're not asking for a huge implementation of something new. Uh, look, if you want to put sand out there for us to collect for a buff, fantastic. But you know what? That should not be a reason for us to go and fight. There, We used to... How many of you had to defend the crossroads nightly? Even when there wasn't an honor system, just because the Alliance came running in, how many of you had to, def had to defend Ironforge or Stormwind on the two or three of you who actually had, you know, Horde knocking on your door on occasion? I can't remember how many times my clan alone raided Astronar or Lakeshire and sat in the city for an hour. And you could, you could start the stopwatch. I mean, the whining and screaming from the level 20s went out. You knew the level 60 big brothers were coming. And you could see them all landing at once at the Flightmaster. You knew they were coming. And it'd be back and forth for an hour, two hours. You didn't care. You didn't give a damn about sand. And you sure as hell didn't care about honor. You just wanted to fight. Yeah, I know we said yeah, Mechahawk, we raided Darnassus back when uh the patch went in and goofed it up and they took out all it wiped out all the NPCs. So we went to Darnassus and we waited them for them to respawn. <laughs> Oh, unfortunately, there was only like eight of us, so we really couldn't do a whole lot of damage. We killed a couple people. Sand. All right, this, the third part is that they're putting in a, I guess it's an armor turn-in of some kind in the Eastern Plaguelands. Man, the Eastern Plaguelands are getting, it's getting kind of, getting kind of busy out there, if you think about it. I mean, you have the Scourge Invasion, you have Stratholme, you've got Light's Hope Chapel. You've got the different turning quests that it has going with the Scourge Invasion. Supposing your server still has one. Yeah, EPL is pretty crowded as is. I'm not really understanding why that they decided to put it there, but they did. Again, nothing to capture, but you get armor scraps. That gives you a 15-minute buff in that zone. So if you're doing Naxxramas, again, it's benefiting the raiding clans. Fuck you, PvP player. Nothing you can do. It's a quest hub. I just don't like bashing something out, giving it an idea as to how I would do it or how I would fix it. So this is my plan, very similar to what I've already detailed out. This is Emperor's solution to the PvP battlegrounds. <laughs> There's nothing that you can do about the population imbalance, short of what they're planning on doing for the expansion, which I will go on record right now as saying won't work. That being said... Listen carefully. I would create a separate zone. I'm against this, but I understand what works and what doesn't work. I would create a separate zone attached to Silithus, attached to Eastern Plague Lands, something where there's a lot of level 60s already. I'm sorry for you, Lobies. You know what? Make it accessible to like Str like Stranglethorn Vale and something or other. Make it an island that you can take a boat to. What's, what was that one movie? Remember that one movie where all the prisoners were dropped off on an island and they're just dropped there? I forget what it was. Oh, what, um, 
And we've got a giant shield around the entire island, and you can't get away without a bunch of helicopters coming up and blowing up, you know, whatever little boat or raft you had. It's like complete anarchy, and there's like this one group of prisoners which are like civilized, and they build a city, and there's another one that are like running around like like jungle fags and apes and stuff. You guys know what movie I'm talking about, right? No, it wasn't Brave New World. It's like the island or something. That's what I suggest. You make an island. In the center of this island is a giant city with walls and towers and guards. No, not the island of Dr. Moreau. Australia. Thank you, Mechahawk. <laughs> and you fight for this city. Street by street. No escape. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you. It wasn't a bad movie. But you have to fight street by street. You have to take you have to capture the palace in the center of the city. Once you have the city, the city is yours. You control it. Maybe it's got vendors. Maybe it's got um, maybe it gives you an X amount of honor. Maybe it gives you, you know, buys you coins. Everybody gets a couple coins. Or how about this? You get 500 honor or 1,000 bonus honor. Your entire faction gets 1,000 bonus honor for every hour that you control the city. Wouldn't that be something? You want to talk about a reason to mobilize your entire faction there it is. You've got to go capture this island. Maybe have a little tiny base on there for the resistance. For the opposing faction that isn't winning at the time. I know Neba, that's the thing. Neba's saying it's... It, Neba is pointing out that it'd be a lag fest. That they can't... That the servers can't handle... You know, they're opening up the AQ gates a little or anything else. You're, you're right. Megahawk says, wouldn't that completely defeat the purpose? How so? If the Alliance takes over the island, and they control that island, as long as they control the city on the island, everybody in the Alliance gets a thousand bonus honor. The Horde gets nothing. Megahawk's saying, oh, one thousand honor. Well, you know what? Maybe you can only get the honor if you're actually defending the city. It's something like that, but I'm saying something that would your entire faction would, would get some kind of. Uh, I understand what Mechawk's saying that because of the ladder system, the way it's set up, that you won't advance anything if everybody else is getting a thousand honor. Maybe give it then make it something else. Maybe everybody gets fifty reputation with, you know. Uh, yeah, Neba says maybe an ongoing buff. Maybe it's a buff that gives you an extra three hundred hit points. Everybody in the faction. I'm just saying, and that's my example, something, your entire faction benefits from having this island fortress. Now, not epic loots, a morale buff, yeah, something like that. I mean, that's a reason to get everybody together. That's a reason to go up in Ogmar and say, listen, fat asses, and ten-year-olds, and ten-year-old fat asses, you know, tell your mom you gotta stay up for an extra hour, Everybody get to the Zeppelin, we're going to Stranglethorn Vale, we're taking the boat, and we're going to the island of whatever the hell it is. And kick some ass. I mean, that is a reason to fight all hours of the day, folks. That is a reason to world PvP. Not a battleground. I'm talking world... People can come and go as they please. You know what? If there's a thousand alliance defending the city, and you've got 30 horde... Uh, give them the big middle finger, say, fuck it, we're going to go play Battlegrounds. 
Come back later. Or you know what? Go in there and fight it. Fight it out. Maybe you get maybe you get uh, points for taking street by street. Maybe you get you know uh, 50 points for taking the the traders quarter or the merchant section or something like that. No, it can't be money because that'll no. Because that really doesn't that's not really going to help a whole lot. That's my suggestion. I think it has merit. I think it's better than what's being offered to us. But hey, if you want to collect sand, I'm sure there are some epic shovel and hoe quests out there that you can get as soon as 1.12 comes out. There must be not much of a delay here if you guys are like responding to the hoe part instantaneously. Which is good, because maybe, uh, maybe we got rid of that stupid... I mean, th there's always supposed to be a bit of a, a lag between what I say and what you hear, and that's just how radio works. That way I can get rid of something if it doesn't come out right or I don't like it. Yeah, there doesn't appear to be a delay. It's actually running pretty well, so whatever that glitch was, all right. Now, I don't agree with... Mechahawk says he wants to plunder it for money. Uh, like pillaging in Warcraft 3. I, you know... The problem is with money is that that that's screwing with the economy of the game, and I don't agree with that. You should, I think you should leave the economy out of it. That that's me personally. Um, but you know, you know what? And the dude says that's why he got bored of World of Warcraft at about level 46. He kind of uh, passed out with it or kind of burned out because of the fact that it was very repetitive. Well, you know what? When you get to level 60, the game changes, and not for the better, in my opinion. So that leads us up into the expansion. And trust me, folks, we got a lot to talk about here, so we're going to skip the break we normally take, which is going to put a little more stress on my voice, but what the hell. It was recently announced this week, kind of quietly, for obvious reasons, that the Blood Elves that the Horde will be getting in the expansion, which they've made no bones about, is going to be a very pretty race in the hopes that more people will choose to play Blood Elves and therefore helping the Horde, as opposed to playing on the Alliance, which is the issue they have now. The Horde will be getting Paladins, called Blood Knights. They are a Paladin. Same skills, same talents, same abilities, same everything, except when you get your quest level, it's going to say Blood Knight. That is the only difference. The Draini, or Draini, or however, however the hell you pronounce it, will be getting Shaman. I don't know what they're calling the Draini guy... A starship captain or Vulcan or some shit like that because they come from space with their intergalactic spaceship. I'm sorry, interdimensional spaceship. It's a castle. We'll be getting Shaman, and I I do not know what the name of whatever the hell it is will be. So, there you have it. The two biggest things that separated the factions, their two signature premier classes, are no longer signature, and they're no longer uh, zealots, yeah. And they're no longer exclusive to either one. Well, apparently, this is going to be to uh, address the raid imbalance that is going on, i.e. gear imbalance. reason why is it is far, far easier to raid as a paladin and with paladins, with the buffs that they get, the fact that you have a tank that cannot die... Uh, as opposed to what they did to the Horde, where the Shaman is not as versatile as was once believed, not as powerful as they thought. 
This is the answer to the population at rate imbalance? I see. So... You thought you had balance issues before? Well, here's what I don't understand, and this, and this is my point. Work with me here. If you wanted to play a paladin, and you've played World of Warcraft all this time, you've probably already rolled a paladin. You've created a paladin character on the alliance side, haven't you? So, if I'm an alliance paladin, what the hell motivation do I have to make another paladin level it all the way up to level 70, in this case, as a blood elf? Why would you? The answer? There won't be a whole lot of people. Oh no, trust me. There will be a lot of Blood Elf Paladins because all the people on the Horde side are going to make them. That's not going to fix the balance. You're not going to have new people jumping from the Alliance to play the Horde, which is the entire point. Raid balance be damned. This has everything to do with population. You're not going to have people jumping ship. 20 man, so go with all paladins. Yeah, you can do it, Neva. You're good. You're going to have horde rolling. You're going to see the most... You're going to see 300 night elf... I'm sorry, 300 blood elf female paladins the day of the expansion. I guarantee it. And you're going to see nobody else in the horde anywhere else in horde territory. Anywhere. It's the same thing with shaman. Nobody on the Horde is going to make another Shaman to play on the Alliance. Well, they may. Because they don't want to put up the bullshit to be on the Horde anymore. There's already a deficiency of Horde players. Hey, I got news for you. Mag Theridan on the Horde side is starting to look like a freaking ghost town. That is not an exaggeration. That is an absolute, absolute, <clears throat> absolute fact. A good chunk of the better players, the more geared players at any rate, of the Horde have either left the server or have quit. It's gotten so bad that the two biggest alliance guilds on our server, MacTherden, have left. I don't know where the hell they went. Melganis, I think. Because there's no one to fight anymore. All they got to fight was the same two or three pugs every night. It wore Sun Gulch in a Rathi Basin, and after two or three losses, you learn not to go in there. A lot of people won't play the battlegrounds on our server because they're tired of getting their heads kicked in. Why the hell am I going to face a guy in Tier 2 and Tier 3 gear with my, you know... Greens and blues. Now, Z Money says you have to power level the guy from 60 to 70, then you have to level a pally to 70, then you have to gear him for just for rating. It's not going to happen. Yeah, and ATR is gone. Yeah. The Ascension Train? Yeah, they're gone. Well, most of them, anyways. What this tells me is that rather than come up with some kind of creativity, some kind of originality of creating a new class or new classes, one of each, one exclusive to Blood Elves, one exclusive to Draenei, They've decided to opt out, take what's already there, not regear anything, not retool anything, 
take away the only reason, the only difference between Alliance and between Horde, other than the fact that they don't look the same, and it's thrown away. I just, I, I wonder, I, I scratch my head, and I think, what the hell went wrong? When did the wheels really start to come off of this gravy train? Is it really when they brought on all the the former EverQuest crew, the Raiders, put them in charge? I mean, they're saying that the expansion is going to have is going to be geared more for five and ten mans and fifteen man dungeons. That's still raids, still instances. They're still going to have a forty man dungeon in there. You know what? Once upon a time, there was three five man instances in this game, and a forty man molten core. And the gear difference was massive between what you got out of Strathholm or Skolomance or Upper Black Rock Spire and what you got out of Molten Core. Yeah, Tyrolot's got the point. It's going to be Blood Elves and Night Elves for everybody. It's going to be an Elf War. No more Orcs, which were the main thing. Why would you want to even run a five-man other than to level within the first two months? Well, you know what? A lot of people like to run a five-man. Why? Because it's a lot easier for me to get four other people to go and do something. We get 20-mans together now. We do this little group, and we do very well. But, you know, not a raid goes by that we're not... We have 17 guys, 18 guys, and then we got to scramble to find three or four extra people. And, of course, we got to make sure those people don't suck. A lot of times they do. I think that's one of the reasons why we're as effective as a guild as we are, or a clan, when we do raids is because one, we can make up we know how to work together. Two, we create a system and everybody plays their part like a wheel in the cog. And three, because we constantly have to make up for the deficiencies of other players. Because they blow. And we've got to carry their weight. How can you suck an MORPG? Well screed I could point out oh at least a dozen names off the top of my head of people that blow in this game and have no business playing it. Yeah, Steve, Tiroth, and dude say World of Elfcraft. And that is the answer the Blizzard has. Well, if everybody went to the Alliance because everybody wanted to be a female night elf, uh, we'll make more elves! Then they'll go to the Horde! And you know what? That point, that part may work. But I think you're going to turn off a lot of players. That, look, I understand you can't make everybody happy. And there are some people that, no matter what you do, will never be happy. And sometimes I think I'm one of those people. Because I come on the show, and I talk to you people, and I'm surprised that the amount of uh, reaction I get is uh, pretty much positive as far as what I'm saying. I mean, you agree with me for the most part. Sometimes I wish some of you wouldn't agree with me that much because it would make for more interesting radio to have controversy. But at any rate, you're not going to make all the people happy. But right now, you've pissed off majority people. You know what? And for you, you know, ones of people out there who care about the lore, the actual storyline behind this, look, if you didn't learn the lesson that they tried teaching you when they entered the space-traveling Draenei to the Alliance and gave the Blood Elves to the Horde, you're not going to learn. They don't... This crew at Blizzard, this bunch, doesn't care about the lore. Chris Metzen came out and said, Oh, yeah, my bad, I screwed up, so sorry, but we're keeping it anyways. Yeah. 
He was being a man by accepting the blame. No. Being a man would be, yeah, I screwed up. I'm glad you caught the mistake. I'm going to correct it so it makes more sense. Not, well, it's just easier this way to go with it and keep the space interdimensional traveling uh, weird-looking dreamy and give the blood elves a reason to then go hoard. Uh, yeah, granted, it flies in the face of the story that we've written, the books that have been written, and the games that lead up to this one, but hey... You're still paying your 15 bucks a month, so what the hell? Most of you don't care. No, the reason why World of Warcraft has 6 million subscribers is because the World of Warcraft RTS series, up until the Frozen Throne, was one of the best ever made. Period. That's why. People bought into this because they thought it would be a continuation of the games that they have been playing. Warcraft 2 brought a lot of people into gaming in general, online gaming specifically. The Dark Portal, uh, what was, um, Tides of Darkness and the Dark Portal. Then you had Warcraft through the Reign of Chaos. Again, another solid game after, you know, of course you have Warcraft, Orcs and Humans. That is why this game had 6 million subscribers. Because they were banking on two things. One was the fun and the storyline behind the Warcraft series. And two, because up until this point, Blizzard had done a fantastic job of making a game and making it right. And keeping up with it to make sure it kept on it evolving with the uh, uh, public that it had. That's why this game has gotten better. Or, I'm sorry, that's why those the games had gotten better. And you have the, the Diablo crew and the StarCraft crews out there, those people, who, again, bought into the Blizzard ideal. If it's got Blizzard on it, you know it's solid. The last month and a half on MacTheridon has been one giant red lag spike after another. RoboStudio says that Ashron's Call, Ashron's Call 2, Shadowbane, Star Wars Galaxies, EverQuest 2, as all those games faded and fell by the wayside, those people migrated to World of Warcraft. And you're right. There isn't another big game out there. You know what? Guild Wars has a million, has a million players. A million sold. Actually, it's above a million now. That's fantastic, especially for a game that doesn't require you to pay a monthly fee. That, to me, is significant. That's the second biggest MMORPG out there. Galaxies was a huge disappointment. Yeah, I think everybody would agree to that. I know it's not just Mac Theridan. I know it's just, just not just me who's noticing the fact that a lot of people aren't there anymore. And you have to be honest. You have to, to say that is going to happen to a degree when a game has been out as long as this has. The same thing happened in Ultima Online before the first expansion came out. People started falling off by the wayside here and there. Not that much. Not certainly not noticeably, other than somebody you know one or two people specifically you knew. Am I ringing the death knoll for World of Warcraft? No. No, I don't. It takes an empire like this a long time to die. Rome didn't collapse in a day and a night. It took centuries of deterioration and collapse, and then it just died. 
but it never recovered once it did collapse. Napoleon's empire didn't fall apart in a day to night. It took several years before it collapsed, but you know what? Once it did, it never recovered. That's my point. I think I see Blizzard as a very as a directionless ship. I see them now trying to scramble and trying to play catch up to the majority of the people that play their game to try and cater to them because they're the ones who are leaving. They're the ones who are complaining and being ignored and have been ignored up until this point. I'm talking about the casual and semi-casual player. I'm talking about the player versus player, not the Raider. Not the high school shut-in or the college fag with no friends. People like me, who can only play an hour or two, maybe, a night. People like you, who have jobs, who have lives, who have families who, when they read the tag of this game, said casual friendly, casual game. The problem is, when they're trying, now that they're trying to catch up, now that they're trying to, you know, plug the holes as the dike begins to spring leaks, they're doing it the wrong way. They don't really know what they're doing. They don't really know what we want, or they think they do, and they just wipe it up or chalk it up to, well, they just don't want to accept change of any kind. They're just a bunch of... It's a whiner player base. No, it's not. Nobody asked to collect sand as an answer to world player versus player that you killed when you put in the Dishonor kills. It wasn't Battlegrounds that killed it. It was the Dishonor... Excuse me, Dishonor kills. Because people still have to try and maintain their rank to try and get these items. The answer to the question of whether or not it's too much time is that they're going to open up the different ranks so that it accepts more people for, for specific ranks um, so that more people can get at their gear. So instead of having like two high warlords, you'll have like six. Or four, I'm not sure which. And they'll open up a few more slots in each rank. That's the answer to the time question. I mean, I can give you individual answers to specific problems. But it's starting to look to me. And I've not... I, as much as I've been negative about this game. And again, I continue to play it because there's nothing else going on. I think it's getting to the point where this expansion is going to make or break this game. You're not going to be able to keep the previous player base without this expansion. And again, a lot of you saying, well, that just makes sense. That's common sense. Yes and no. I think that they're in for a very rude awakening when they find out that they're not going to sell near as many expansions as they do with the original game. And I've been saying this for the last couple months. Six million subscribers, I'm telling you, they'll sell about two and a half million expansions. Now, that's still a lot of expansions. 
I'm sure it will turn a profit, at least initially. But that's losing two-thirds. Two-thirds of your player base. I mean, they've already said they're not going to implement siege weapons. They've already said they're not going to implement the hero classes. They just took away whatever ability you had to differentiate Alliance from Horde as far as classes go, rolled it up into a wad, and threw it in the trash can. They're not adding any new classes. Shit, they can't even get the ones that they have now right. Any major tells you that they were happy with the review is lying. Any of these rogues who are telling you that this review coming up is great is lying. Warlocks and Paladins and Warriors are still complaining. Druids are getting buffs they don't even need. And now they're looking they're going to be getting a 20% uh, threat reduction for the Feral Druids when raiding. Come on, folks. In this regard, I know I'm not the only one here that sees this. Blizzard doesn't know what they're doing or where they're going. I'm sorry, Mechahawk, correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't you just get Innervate? And didn't you just get a ability to turn a Time Heal into a Flash Heal? Without even asking for it? Now the 20% reduction for Feral Druids? Threat reduction? Yeah. Wish I had that. I'm a mage. Oh yeah, you know, there's a bit of threat reduction there if I want to use a certain spell. Put the money into it, yeah. No, Innervate was made into a, a trainable skill, not a talent. Yeah, I can't kill a druid right now as a mage. I can't. And if anybody out there, you mages out there, oh, I can kill a druid. Really? Well, then I guess it comes down to either one, you're really good, and the druid your face really sucks, or two, it's a gear differentiation. Class for class, druids don't lose to mages. Just what we need. 15 paladins fighting 15 paladins in Arathi Basin. Or 10 paladins running flags against 10 paladins in Orson Gulch. Brilliant. I guess here's what I would do, after all. For one, I think the 5 and 10 man instances idea is good. That they're explaining that the jewel crafting and slotting ability is kind of like what Final Fantasy VII did with Materia, where you can put in certain Materia into your sword that will give you certain items, or certain abilities, or certain buffs, and you can customize your gear. That's nice. A really bad flash heal. You still got a flash heal for nothing. Without even asking for it. The problem is, if those 5 and 10-man dungeons don't give out the same kind of a gear equivalent to the new 40-man dungeon that you're putting in, or the equivalent of the Tier 3 gear that's currently out now, then there is no point. It's a wasted time. Because this game, when it's all said and done, is still based on gear. Not skill. Gear. And only if your particular class is fighting another particular class. So I would make the raid, uh, I'm sorry, the equipment, the gear, equivalent. I would do away with the signer kills. I would do away with the armor scrap and sand turn-in. 
I would implement what they're saying now that they're thinking about doing is making a separate part of the zone of a new zone that's only accessible by doing this, that, or the other for world PvP. You know, I said I would put an island, some kind of zone that you have to take a boat to. Scratch that. This is world PvP. You shouldn't be able to shirk it by simply going into another zone. That's no different than a battleground. Put that bitch right in the middle, right square, friggin' honking middle of Hillsborough and say, here's the city. Go ahead and capture it. I would create two new classes. You know what? Fine. Make it one new class available to Blood Elves and to Draenei. You want to do it that way? You want to, you know, have the ability to do one or the other? Uh, I don't... I'm just getting more aggravated the more I think about it. It's 1.6,000. Yeah, you know what? It's still 1.6,000 that you didn't even ask for. Uh, yeah. 1600, whatever. If you have a hard time beating a mage with your paladin, I gotta ask what the hell you're doing. All I gotta do is outlast their mana, which isn't hard to do. With your many stuns and invulnerability shield and ability to heal. Screed, I rape everybody as a frost mage, but that's just because I'm good. And there's no bones about it. I am good. But you know what? You've got to be a frost mage in order to compete with against any of that stuff. If you're a fire mage, you might as well just shoot yourself and save yourself the trouble. Everybody else is wearing out resist gear out there you can't do shit about. And you know what? A lot of these these top uber guilds are now have the frost resistance, too. Well, good squad. If you're a mage, you're, there's nothing you can do. You're after either way. They're trying to say that this is going to be the answer to the people who complain on the Horde side, that the Paladins have the ability to wear a plate, to have a ranged stun, to have a heal, you know, this, that, and the other. Okay, I understand, I guess. But you could have taken care of that with, you know, several upgrades to the Shaman class, which needs it. I don't care what you say, it needs some help, especially in the raiding instance, in PvE. I'm wondering, I'm wondering if the expansion comes out that this will take care of all the lag issues that the servers tend to have. I know ours is having it, and has been having it, for weeks! I think everybody within the sound of my voice, and everybody who has common sense, has to think long and hard about buying the expansion. Blizzard is telling you they just want 120 bucks from you to fix the game the way it should. And I come at that number for the amount of, let's say it comes out in December or whatever. 15 bucks a month up until that point. Then you pay us an additional $30 to buy the expansion. Then the game will be fixed. PvP will be fixed. The gear issue will be fixed. The fact that the game will be more casual friendly. The fact that the imbalance issues, hopefully, will go away. And it's a pipe dream. Yeah, you don't have to spend the, the same $15 every single month paying up to that point. I Yeah, you don't have to. 
you still got to pay 30 bucks to get all these these solutions that should have been implemented in this game months ago, a year ago. Should never have been a problem in the first place. What the hell do we pay the 15 bucks, bucks for a month now? Where is this content that's supposed to be fixing these issues? We're going into the 12th patch, and we're just now getting into what they're claiming is an address to the world player versus player issue. And it's not. There will be people out there collecting sand, collecting their scraps, probably for the first week or two, until the novelty of it wears off and people realize, why the hell am I going to travel all the way over there, spend 25 minutes in flight to get to Solithos when I can just enter a battleground and just go and get my honor that way? There's no distinction between the two. Being out in the open isn't the appeal of world PvP. It's the spontaneity of it, the fact that there are no rules, and the objection could be whatever the hell you want. How do you beat the Syrians in Rome Total War uh, Barbarian Invasion? Well, I don't know. It depends what race you're playing. I got a Rome Total War story here to, to finish up the day. A continuation on of the uh, story I told you last Saturday. I'm sorry, last Sunday. All right, Neva, come on. What uh, what race are you playing? How the hell are Syrians? I don't remember. I don't remember fighting the Syrians. That that can't be the name that they're using. Sassanids. That's the Persians. That's the Persian Empire under the Sassanid dynasty. How do you beat them? <laughs> yeah. They are nasty sons of bitches. They've got armored elephants. They've got cataphract cavalry. They've got horse archers. They've got uh, this... Uh, their their main infantry unit gets an armor, or, I'm sorry, gets a uh, bonus against armored enemies. They have like wield giant cudgels. Well, Nebo, what race are you playing? In, yeah, the incendiary pigs. For those of you who do not know, in Rome Total War, one of the strategies for getting rid of uh, the elephants, armored elephants, and war elephants of your opponent is you have the ability to make incendiary pigs, which are basically it's a flock of pigs and they're drenched in oil. And you light them on fire, and then they run at the, you know, they'll run around because they're on fire and they'll panic. And if there is a elephant nearby, it'll freak out and run away. Neba, what faction are you playing? Is the, is the British Romans? Okay. Neba, here's what you do. Let's say you're playing the Eastern Empire, the Eastern Roman Empire. There is a army out there. There's two different units you can get. One is the First first Legionary Cohort. It's the same one that they have. I believe, that, correct me if I'm wrong, Mecca, but the First Legionary Cohort is also in Rome Total War. They have the equivalent in Rome in the Barbarian Invasion. That's number one. The number two thing that you're going to want is you're going to need the uh, Plumba, Plumba... I think it's Plumbatari which are basically their giant um, iron darts that you throw. They fight like Roman um, infantry. But they don't use the gladius. They use a somewhat larger sword. But they have these giant armor, these giant um, uh, iron darts that are weighted at the end of it. They take the, the uh, part of the pila, the pilum that you throw. Yeah, dart throwers. You put those things on fire at will. And as the sass infantry closes, 
those things start chucking. You'll probably throw two or three darts before the enemy closes with your infantry. You will massacre anybody you do that against, including the Western Romans. You do that against assassins and you'll be fine. But definitely try to pick them off at range. Onagers are a great way to go, even though I, they're somewhat inaccurate. They're fantastic. Your Bushilari or your Cataphracts, remember, if you use their, ultimate, their um, alternate weapon, which is a mace, they get a bonus against armored units as well. These infantry are considered armored units, so there are my suggestions. The reason why you want the first legionary cohort is because they have a higher morale uh, bonus and they give anybody around them on their side is their owners drill my lines with armored freaking riders. Yeah. Well, what you got to do is the same thing we do in uh, the... You've played enough online games with us to know. You set yours to boulders and you crush them. You talk about their uh, cataphract archers. Yep. Well, again, you need to have Bushilari or... The Roman cataphracts. You send them in with the mace, they get a bonus against armored uh, armored units. There's a great deal of skill that goes into trying to beat the Sassanids. And you know what? The Roman Empire, the Eastern Roman Empire, fought them for a thousand years. Back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. There is no easy solution. I'm not Belisarius, but I can tell you, in this game, that's how you do it. Plumbatari are the great equalizer when it comes to fighting in the trenches. Cavalry, your cavalry is as good as theirs. You just got to catch them. That's the problem. No, Megahawk, he's talking about the campaign game. He's not playing about... He's not talking about online play. But, you, hey, I love horse archers. When I played online play, I was the Huns. I was mean. I was nasty. You couldn't catch my ass. I'd pepper you with, with arrows and then run in three different directions. But work on that. Get your Plumbatari. Make sure you got your Onagers. And you know what? You're going to have to use your own archers to suppress theirs as best you can. And I'm going to take you up on your challenge of making a barbarian army. Which barbarian army were you talking of? Specifically, against the Eastern Romans. I'm sorry, against the Sassanids. Huns. You can't... You're the Huns and you can't beat the Sassanids? Okay, I'll take you up on your challenge. Neva challenged uh, the everybody in the channel, I think it was the channel last week or uh, on the forums, that you make a custom battle against the computer, make it 15,000 denarii, let the computer play the Sassanids and make whatever army they like. You can take any one of the uh, barbarian factions, build your army as you choose, fight them in a custom battle, and he, and he says you can't win. I'll take it on. All right, real quick, story time. So after my third game of losing uh, as a Solution Empire in Rome Total War, I'm talking about the normal game, I'm playing the 1.5 patch, I finally got a game where I got attacked by the Armenians, the Pontus, the Greeks, the Parthian, Persians, and the Egyptians. Third turn of the game. I'm at war with all five. And technically the Macedonians, of course, but I only see them once in the game until I'm at where we are. And again, I go on my little Napoleon 1814 defensive mode. I have one army running around, defeating uh, armies left and right, left and right, left and right. And I finally said, you know what the hell with this? I'm trying to march south and fight and take the Egyptian territory while I'm trying to fight off the Armenians and the Persians. And I realized, to me, that was the wrong way to do it. So I started a new game. And turn number four, I get declared on by four of these guys. 
I split my I, I split my army into two. I send one army south in a holding action against the Egyptians. I continue to reinforce this army, and it's basically running back between Damascus, Antioch, and uh, Hostra to make sure the Armenians don't come south. Meanwhile, I have an army in the east, which is an all-mercenary army. I spend all my money buying mercenaries. And I send them south, and I take Heliconarsis, and I take the different places in, in, um, in Turkey. And that is where the Pontus faction is. So I start fighting against the Pontus. And I start, what I do is I'd, I'd besiege one of their cities. I'd wait for the, the, for the computer to react and send reinforcements to relieve it. And then I'd, I'd leave it, I'd let it go, I'd run away, and I'd move on to another city. And I'd start, uh, I'd put that one under siege. That kept the Pontus busy. And they never really could catch me. When they did, I beat them. What I did was, I started pouring my resources into an army, and I built it in the east, and I built it out of Seleucia, which is um, modern-day Baghdad. Babylon, essentially. And I marched west, I'm sorry, I marched east, and I started taking out the Parthians. And then once I took out, uh, I think Susa is the city, I headed north into the Balkans, and I just beat the shit out of the Parthians. I, I slapped them around like a red-headed stepchild. And the problem with the Persians are, everything is, they're all cavalry, since they're a steppe and desert people. So they're running around with their horse archers with their cataphracts. They're hard to catch. But my battle line, my pike line, is actually very strong. So I rely on, I did the Roman way. I relied on my infantry. So I head north. And oh, your, your solution dominance is nothing compared to mine right now, Mecca. So I crush Persia. I then turn west and I take out Armenia because they're in Armenia, which is in the Balkans, in the highlands north of Persia. And I head south. So about uh, 60 turns in the game... Parthia has been wiped out. Armenia has been wiped out. Pontus has been wiped out. I've kicked the Greeks off to, out of Turkey, and they're stuck on Rhodes, which is a small little island, and I eventually kill them there, too. The only thing left is Egypt. And it, by this time, I've got four good veteran armies. I'm talking armies that are, are mean, piss and vinegar, pillage them all, and I had sent them south. At this point, the Egyptians have wasted so much money fighting my, my two lone armies that I have in my holding action that they are starting to use actually, you know, crummy uh, Eastern infantry, which are mercenaries. The computer is actually forced to buy mercenaries, which I have never seen them do before. So Egypt falls relatively quickly. I take Thebes and Memphis and Alexandria, and it falls. So at this point, I've got parts of Russia. I've got all of Turkey, all of Persia, all of the Middle East. I've got, um, I took Byzantine or Constantinople right away. And so far, none of this stuff really riots. I go in there, and it has the option. It gives you three options. You can either occupy the city. You can enslave the city, which means you take 50% of the population, and you disperse them throughout the rest of the cities in your empire as slaves. Or you can exterminate them, which is you take three-quarters of the city's population, and you crucify them. Good way to make a uh, city that's revolting pay attention. Sadly, Jerusalem and Sidon are... What, what is actually what would become Beirut, um, decide that they're going to revolt. So, fine. I go in, and I crucified all of Jerusalem, crucified Sidon, Alexandria, Memphis, Thebes. Three of my commanders went from, you know, blah, 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 Alexander the Conqueror and Philip the Great to Philip the Cruel, Alexander the Wrathful. So when I take a city now, uh, they pay attention. They, they don't revolt right away. So I, I'm sitting there, and I, I'm sitting at the border between the rest of northern Africa, which is owned by one of the Roman factions. And I've invaded what's left of Greece. Greece is gone, but Macedon controls it. So I invade Macedon. And I've taken Athens, and I've taken uh, Thebes. 
And I'm thinking to myself, you know what? I've got six armies. Cataphrac Heavy Cavalry. Armored Elephants. Onagers. I've got the Silver Shield Legionnaires, which are Roman Legionnaire copies. And Silver Shield Pike. And I'm thinking, you know what? Time to kick some ass. I've got some Scythe Chariots. I load up six armadas of ships. And I invade Rome. Now, the trick that I was thinking of in the game, much like in history, in 219 BC, you have what's called the Marius Reformation, which is Rome goes from like a privatized army to a giant, kick-ass professional army, what we know in history to be, you know, the hardline Roman legionnaires. So I invade Rome uh, two turns before the Marius Reformation kicks in. And I land in Sicily, and I land in southern Italy, and I take everything. I take all three of the cities in Sicily. I took five of the cities in southern Italy, including Rome. Problem. No sooner do I get within landing of Rome, of Italy, than all the Roman factions declare a war on me. They invade northern Africa, and they invade uh, Greece. Actually, Tiroth, I'm pretty sure it wasn't. I went from the richest faction in the game to the third poorest. My trade... Because I didn't, I didn't really realize how much trade I was doing with all four factions of Rome. By the way, the Senate is dead now. The faction got wiped out because I took the capital. So, all of a sudden, at least of my... I think it's 33... Uh, no, wait, I need 14 more to win. So, I'm sitting at 36, um, uh, 36 regions. I need 50 regions and Rome to win the game. At least a quarter of them went into revolt. Because all the money just got cut off. So, now they're all pissed. Jerusalem starts revolting, and Petra starts revolting, and Sidon starts revolting, because the Romans invaded northern Africa, and I've got no armies there. Alexandria's besieged, Thebes falls, Memphis falls. Half my half my uh, big cities just went into revolt. I can't control them. I have no armies in, at home. I've got two armies that are deep in Macedonians kicking their ass, but they can't turn around and come back because the Romans are behind me. I've got the Brutii to the east, I've got the Scipii to the south, and I'm fighting the Julii in Italy. I'm screwed. Yeah, the Urban Legionnaires, which is a bunch of bullshit screed because that's a Hollywood unit. Urban Legionnaires, Urban Cohorts. That There was the Praetorian and only the Praetorian. Nothing else. But that's neither here nor there. So, I had to reload my game. I had to backtrack 15 minutes. And unfortunately, I, I saved the game where I'm kind of committed. Uh, the Romans are already going to attack me. I can't stop it. So here's my plan of battle. When I get around to it in a couple days, because I'm really busy tonight and tomorrow, I'm gonna re I'm gonna land two armies in Sicily, take those three there. I'm gonna take those three uh, cities because those are all owned by the Scipii, Scipii family faction of Rome. I'm gonna take my other four armies, float them back to Egypt, and start from scratch, fight off in Egypt and march my way across northern Africa, going Rommel style. I'm gonna kick the shit out of the Romans every way I go, and I'll wait till I get to Carthage, and then I'll wait till I get to the Straits of Gibraltar. And then when I've got all that pacified, and I know the Brutii are coming through through Greece, and I can't stop them. So I'm going to get my two armies the hell out of Macedon, let them fight it out, go back across the uh, sea, I'll ford up in Turkey, and try and hold the line, and wait till I can do an end around. Go to North Africa, then I'll trip across to Spain, then I'll go through Gaul. Rather than fighting it out on, on, uh, in Italy, where I'll win, the problem is it's like a pirate victory. I'll lose three quarters of an army to beat off the Romans. Tiroth's ideas. We play a campaign. 
draw them to the Mideast. They're already in, they're fucking in Egypt, Neba. I've already lost Memphis and Thebes. Alexandria's got the, that's another thing, is the plague hit me. Antioch, all three of my capitals had the plague. And my armies are in the middle of the ocean. So I got to turn around and get them back out of there. So my grand master plan to hit him before the Marius Reformation, while a fantastic idea in its conception, isn't going to work because by the time I turn around and get back to Alexandria, they're going to start pumping out legionnaires, Praetorian guards, Praetorian cavalry, armored auxiliary archers, and my advantage is going to go right out the window. So that's my story of getting my ass kicked and thrown to the war. <laughs> Yeah, see, Megahawk wants me to wants everybody to know that he's got Egypt, Greece, Turkey, the Middle East, the Russian Russia, and uh, he's attacking Rome in his solution campaign. Abandon the South and go to Spain? No, I I gotta hold the South. If I don't, Egypt's got my three, three of my biggest cities. That's the huge friggin' breadbasket of the empire. If I lose that, I'm in trouble. I'm gonna fight it out in Egypt. I'll bleed him white, and then I'll march across the uh, desert. See, that's the one thing. It'd be different if there was, like, uh, supply routes. Like, your army can only march as long as you've got supply routes. Because then I would just land my troops at Carthage and cut them off. I'd cut their line in half because they wouldn't get any supplies. They're fighting for my cities. They got them sieged, but they're not getting any supply from from their rear because they're, they don't have any more cities. But that's a level of realism they don't have. Folks, I am way over the limit. Yes, I know. Thank you, producer. I, it was a great story, but yes, I, I understand that. Yes, 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 yes. So we need to wrap this up and get the hell out of here. Um, yeah, there's more than I wanted to get to. Um, I kind of got sidetracked with the Rome Total War thing, which I think was kind of the point that you guys are trying to do, but, you know, there's always next week. Remember, programming notes. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Hit it. Yeah, go ahead and, go, no, go ahead and queue it up. There you go. All right, programming notes, just so you know. August 6th, I will not be here. I will be in Baltimore at Otakon with Mystic Mim, so I will not be here casting the show. There I hope to be in Empress Court that Sunday. Uh, whether it'll be tape delayed or a special guest host, I'm not sure. It'll be one or the other, but something will, will be here. A State of Warcraft has returned to the site at oneisyourborn.com, finally. Uh, Air Attack, I'm sorry, Air for Life, Idiot Attack, whichever name he's going by at the time. Had to reformat his computer, but he's got two shows done. They are now up for download. Check it out. But they're usually up there Wednesdays for download at whensyourborn.com. That's got all of our archive uh, shows and sites. You can definitely check it out. That's at whensyourborn.com. While we're putting the finishing touches still on the network's website. I want to thank you for the listener for tuning in and say, hey, if it wasn't for you, we wouldn't be doing this. And again, one last time, I want to thank our sponsors, theharborbluegroup.com. Definitely check them out. It's harborbluegroup.com. Check them out for our e-commerce needs. Well, folks, we had a lot to get to. I think we wrapped it up, uh, with, except for the minor glitch in the beginning, folks. This has been the Emperor saying, bad manners are better than no manners at all. Thanks for tuning in, folks. I'll see you next week. So long, everybody. <laughs>